0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin, Josh. Coming up, we'll talk about another hounds draw, and we'll debut our new monthly segment all about Steel City FC. Let's go!
1: I think that's a great question.
2: Now we got to get into the nitty gritty.
0: What? The Green? Man! Green! Oh, Green oh, says, Nico. Yes. Oh! The oh! Oh! A spectacular goal. It leaves, they can kill it the Riverhounds are on the verge of a home victory tonight Ow! so guys really excited we have uh, Stephanie Harrison founder of Steel City FC and the chairwoman of the executive committee for Steel City FC joining us on the line right now Steph, welcome to the show thanks for joining us
3: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: We we sort of announced last week that May was going to be Steel City FC week. So we're or week, sorry, month. Um, I'm also I'm all over the place. Um, and so we're, we're <laughs> we are really excited to sort of learn more about the team, um, you know, where the team has come from, where the team is going. Um, and share this information, because I, I don't know if you heard, but we basically put out a poll asking all of our listeners, you know, if we were to introduce another segment to the show, what do you want to know more about? And a lot of people said, we want to know more about local non-hounds teams. And, you know, Steel City FC was right there, and we said, let's do it. Um, you know, we want to be there to support all the teams in the city. And so we're just really, really excited to talk to you. So if you could give the listeners sort of a high-level intro into all things Steel, F- Steel City FC, um, you know, what 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 would you tell them? You know, educate us so that we can all become sort of experts on your team.
3: Sure. Well, so I guess I would start off by saying um we play in the WPSL, which is the uh women's premier um soccer league. Um it's an amateur league and it has about a hundred, actually over a hundred teams in the league. So that's um kind of our league and where we play. Um, this is our fifth season, so we're headed into our fifth season. We kind of got started in 2014 and have, you know, really grown uh, ever since then. And so um, we recruit local players, you know, so we have um, some cur- current um, local college students as well as um, some people who have already graduated from college, you know. So those, those are the kind of the players that make up our team. Um, And I guess I would also say that we operate as a nonprofit, so um, competing, obviously, at a high level is really important to us and kind of one of our biggest goals, but also we want to really give back to the community. So we we spend a lot of time off the field um, trying to provide, like, camps and clinics to, um, you know, youth in the area who maybe don't have access to soccer. So we kind of, I guess our mission as an organization is really twofold in that way.
0: Love that. That is that is fantastic. And one of the things that really sort of struck me when, um, you know, just doing a little bit of research is that you are, in fact, the founder of the team. And so part of me always thinks, like, how how do you do that? Like, how do you just, like, create a team? So could you talk a little bit about that process? Like, what made you want to create a team in the first place? And then, you know, what all did it take? Because I'm sure it wasn't just like, hey, I'm making a team. And then, like, you know, it just happened. So, like, walk us through that a little bit if you could.
3: Yeah. Well, I have to say it's like all feels like a dream now. So sometimes it does feel like that, like somehow it just magically happens and it still (laughs) magically continues to happen. Um, But honestly, so I I played college soccer at Clarion um, and then I moved to Pittsburgh for grad school. Um, And once I kind of started there, I was looking for teams to kind of play on and just doing some research. And I kind of realized that there were no you know, higher level outlets for female athletes in our area. Um, And, you know, of course we have some of the men's teams, which is awesome, but there were no women's options. So um, I guess like a parallel to that too is um, my degree is in psychology. And so I was starting to do research. My research is on um, like the psychological benefits of sports for women. And I was like, oh snap, like this is, it's really important. you know, for women to be engaged in sport and for girls to have those kind of role models to look up to. So I kind of went to my advisor and shared this idea. And she was like, well, you you should do something about it. (laughs) Um, And so I basically just created a team of people, you know, put it out there on social media, reached out to uh, former teammates, um, you know, people I knew who'd be interested in helping out and kind of brought people together, who believed in it and who uh, wanted to make it happen. And, you know, we've been together kind of doing it ever since.
0: That's awesome. That That's so cool. And, you know, you mentioned that you guys have been a team for this. You're going into your fifth season. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, as with any team, I'm sure there were ups and downs and things like that, you know, reaching back over the past four years, what was sort of the highlight to you over the span? You know, was it creating the team? Was there some moment, was there some game that you sort of look back on and go like, yeah, that, that was it. Um,
3: Yes, yeah. Well, a couple moments actually come. I think, you know, for me personally, so in 2014, when we held the very first tryout, so it was so random and probably a poor decision, but we held the first tryout in Butler, which is where I'm originally from, and so, you know, it's kind of far from the city. Uh, I had reached out to all the local coaches, put it out on social media, And my best friend, who's now the general manager um, of the team, she was like, Steph, you know, if nobody shows up, you know, you're trying. You know, it's going to be okay, basically. (laughs) And so I was, like, mentally preparing for this. And then all of a sudden, actually, the first few players that came in were from Duquesne. And they, they just had, like, all this swagger. And they came in, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then player after player came in, and it just, like, Honestly, it brought tears to my eyes because I was like, wow, people are really interested and people want to play. So that was probably my best personal moment. Um, But we've had some awesome moments on the field. You know, we um, had a really, it was about two years ago um, in the division where we used to play, we were in the Midwest region and we used to play Detroit, who basically made it to playoffs every year. And we just had like a super badass game against them. They had beaten us pretty bad the first time around. And we kind of came back ready to play. And we ended up tying that game, which I know is like obviously not a win. But it felt like <laughs> a win to us. <laughs> They're just so good. And we fought so hard. And so that's, that's another uh, memory that sticks out to me.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned you played at Clarion. Um, so like what's your history with soccer? Did you play in high school as well? And like what what was that like for you?
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Soccer is like, I mean, it it is like some of my fondest memories. So I I started playing soccer, you know, as a little kid. I feel like a lot of people, you know, when they're like five, six, like that's where parents get started with sports. Um, so you know, I played as a little kid and I just loved it. Um, and so I played all throughout childhood and into high school at Butler High School is where I went. Um, and then on into college, and I, I think I just um. I loved the game, and I loved kind of the social aspect too. You know, building really deep relationships with other, you know, girls and women, and and keeping those relationships over time. That was really transformative for me too. So, um, it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what position do you play?
3: I play center back.
1: Gotcha. And like, do you have any like role models or people you look up to as far as like that position goes, or just soccer in general?
3: Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like so many, and and like I guess for different reasons. I, when I was a kid, for sure, like had the Mia Hamm poster, like nice. totally such like the coolest person ever. <laughs> um, and actually, a fun fact: I think it was like um, in 2015 uh, that she had a camp here in Pittsburgh. It was held at Pisa um and steel city fc was invited to help kind of coach and so i actually got to meet her and i was like so nervous i could barely even say hi and she was just like okay hi (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's amazing that you got to meet me that's incredible
3: (laughs) oh my gosh it was like one of the coolest moments and i i rewind it and i wish i could have been cooler in the moment but at the same time (laughs) what are you gonna do
2: yeah, happens to everyone. Um, so, so you've already. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about the league that you play in, the WPSL. Um, you've already mentioned that there is a hundred teams in the league. Are they distributed yeah. all over the country? I mean, you've you've talked about you had a game against uh, Detroit uh, in the past. You know, is there is there divisions? Uh, how many teams are are in your division? Like, how far are you guys traveling? Like, how's the league kind of structure set up?
3: Yeah. So it. If- it kind of ebbs and flows. And as it continues to expand, you know, sometimes things can kind of shift. So we've been pretty flexible. And I think we've been really lucky too, to be in some really competitive divisions. So there's, it's broken up by region. So like, you know, East, Midwest, West, and then Southern. And so um, the past four years, we've been part of the Midwest region. And then each region has a few different divisions, you know, broken up, depending on how many teams are kind of in the location. Um So, yeah, we were playing, like, Detroit, Cleveland. There were two other Michigan-based teams. Um, but because of the expansion and how things are kind of, um, I guess, evolving, we've kind of been moved to the um, Mid-Atlantic uh, region. Um, so we're going to be playing it's, it's, and then our division. So underneath region, there's the division. Um, uh, we're in the Keystone division. And so we're playing actually all PA teams, um, Hershey, and then three teams kind of that are around the Philly area. So that is our new division this year. And we're super stoked about it. Um, and hoping to get some fun rivalries going actually. Um, yeah,
2: that's, that's a huge benefit for for playing teams in state and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, like, are you a little sad that? Well, I guess wait. Before I jump onto that, I want to <laughs> add. Like, so is there is there like, let's say you you conquer the division uh, state you're in, steel CDFC, win all their games, and they're great and they're amazing. Um, is there is there a playoff structure that then you play teams from the other divisions and there's like one winner at the end of the hundred?
3: Yes. That's exactly how it works and I think that's exactly how it's gonna go down this year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. I was I was gonna ask yes. what's the competition like this year, but I think you kinda just answered that with, <laughs> with that comment.
3: <laughs> oh gosh. Well so, you know, uh we were I, I mentioned Detroit earlier. They're just like such a badass team and Cleveland as well, Cleveland ambassadors, like their program is just so strong. So we were in, like, a really, really strong division. And those teams were going pretty deep into the playoffs. So, um, you know, you know, this is a new region for us. So I'm not sure. I know, like, there's some really strong teams. But, you know, we're a really strong team, too. So I think that we're just going to have to wait and see. But I feel really, really hopeful um, that we're going to be really competitive in this division. So I'm um, jazzed. Yeah.
2: and and you and a couple more you mentioned before about how you recruit local players is it only local players that are on steel city fc is this all like a pittsburgh team through and through or do you have um women from kind of all over the country or even internationally or anything like that
3: yeah yeah um so it's you know we i would say the majority of players are kind of pittsburgh raised or, or born here or have at least settled down here you know Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we've had people who are here for, like, an internship over the summer from different places who want to play. We've had um, international players from Ghana. Um, I think that was two years ago Rashida played for us. So um, we have had, you know, both international and then um, non-local or non-Pittsburghers, I guess I'll say. So it's open to anyone. Um, But I'd say the majority of our players are from Pittsburgh.
0: I was gonna ask you sort of you know if, what your what the team's style of play is or you know if if there's a certain mentality that uh, that you try to evoke through the play but instead we're just gonna we're gonna ask you if you had to describe the team using one or two words, what would they be
3: <laughs> oh wow okay um, well okay can I give like more than Two words. Sure.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, because as you like worded it right there, like the first thing that comes to my mind is grit. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Pittsburghers
2: like grit. We yeah. like grit. That's nice.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, doesn't that fit? I feel like that's like so perfect for Pittsburgh, but honestly, like I feel that way. Um, you know, obviously we have a, a really talented players and, and, you know, high level athletes on our team, but You know, when we go up against these teams like Detroit or some of these programs who have been around for for a while, um, and and we compete and we do it well, and I think um, at some points talent goes out the window, and it's all about, like, heart and grit. And I don't know. I've observed that in every single one of our players, even people who aren't on the field, like, just giving everything, trying to give energy to their teammates, you know, being proud of their city and cheering it on. I think that's one of the coolest things, and so grit comes to my mind first. Um, but I'd also just say, you know, I was thinking of two words, and competitive, and then community-oriented came to my mind because I think that just speaks to kind of our two different um, goals as an organization. But I said three words, is what I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well, no, that's fine. We'll let you. We'll let you use three. that 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 works (laughs) so like
1: you kind of already answered the on the field goals for this year which uh, sounds like to win it all but uh, like is there like an off the field type goal you have for this season
3: oh for sure um so last year we were able to provide um a free clinic you know for for kids in the area who couldn't afford to do a camper clinic in the summer um and we're hoping to do more of those. And we're hoping to be a little more strategic, too, in terms of, like, what we want to facilitate. So we have kind of partnered with different uh, other nonprofits in the community. And so, you know, Pittsburgh has kind of a rise in terms of our, our own international population and also, like, resettled refugee uh, population. And so we're partnering with organizations who work with people who are new to Pittsburgh, you know, maybe some of different countries. And we want to use software to connect um those youth and then also like our our local pittsburgh youth and kind of use soccer to bring these communities together bridge the gaps and also just have fun and play you know introduce um a sport that people already love or a new sport um, and have have kids kind of bond over that so we're hoping to do a couple um outreach kind of opportunities like that um definitely before before the end of our season
2: so speaking of the end of the season, uh, the season first game kicks off in on May 25th, exactly two weeks from now. Uh, how are the preparations going?
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I'm, like, excited, but also, like, it kind of takes my breath away. Like, oh, my gosh, two weeks away? Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, I think really good. I mean, so so um, our head coach, his name is Tom Oveden, Um you know, I I really trust him. I think uh, the team is in good hands and I know he's kind of preparing strategy and thinking about the players we have and has reached out, you know, bringing more players in. So um, practice is starting soon. Um, And, you know, on our end, you know, everything's booked in terms of like hotels, travel vans. So like we are basically ready to go and kind of just um, preparing for that first game and um, that one's on the road, and then our first home game is June 1st. So really, really excited for that. Um, but I, I guess we're ready. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it definitely sounds like it. And, and a kind of follow-up question, when you mentioned your head coach there, I mean, so along with your soccer background, you mentioned you have a background in psychology. Do you ever, like, I know this isn't really the the classical role of the founder of the club, but do you ever get the urge to kind of, like, nudge the coach to kind of mer- motivate the players in a certain way or like pull a player to the side and like kind of like <laughs> you know like kind of like mo- you know, because like you know you're so you, you know so much of a sport is the psychological aspects of it and I would imagine you're like a master at that so do you ever have the urge to to just kind of you know intervene and then like talk to the players or the coach
3: <laughs> oh that is a really <laughs> that's a good question um so so I haven't had that experience with um, this with Tomo, um, but certainly I feel like in the past I have. And my role has really shifted over the years. You know, as we've grown, we've been able to provide a more professional environment, I would say. And so when it first got started, I was kind of like doing multiple roles, and so I was more involved with the coaching and and also playing a little bit, you know, like, kind of doing a lot of different things. Um, but we've been able to evolve and grow from there. So I've, I've tried to step back and, and let people in their roles do their thing. And, and really bringing in people who I feel like I trust and really have faith in to kind of, you know, do their thing and, and do it in the way that they think is best. So I definitely want to do that sometimes, especially <laughs> like, It's hot, you know, like in the heat of the moment in a game and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even handle how like stressful this is. I want to just kind of like try and get some control, but I don't.
0: Um, So one last question here and then we'll get you out of here. Obviously, you know, you you started this team, you've seen it from its infancy now going into its fifth season. Where do you see this team or, or where would you like to see this team five 10 years from now?
3: Oh, that's an awesome question. And honestly, like, um, it, maybe it sounds weird, but I like fantasize about this a lot. Like, what what else is going to happen? Or like, how else can we grow and evolve? And um, honestly, I think, you know, I, I mentioned we're a nonprofit. So um, we are somewhat self-sustaining in, in how we kind of fund ourselves. But we also rely pretty heavily on sponsors. And so... I would love to see us become even more self-sustaining. You know, sponsors are great, and and we're so thankful and grateful for that. But I think to really be able to sell women's sports in our community and make it something that people want to come to and want to buy tickets to and want to buy gear, because, I mean, these are phenomenal athletes. They are high-quality athletes, and and I just want them to be respected and kind of – treated the same way any other athletes in our city are you know like Pittsburgh is like the city of champions and they they are badass women and and so I guess I see what I hope for is that that kind of continues to grow um, in terms of our fan base and I, I hope that continues to grow and I, I just would like to see us be you know self-sustaining so that Steel City FC is around for a really 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 long time.
0: You, you can't see us right now, Steph, but we were all sort of nodding our heads through that whole thing as I sort of looked around. It was just like, "Yep, yep, nope, one hundred percent agree." That sounds great. Um,
3: uh, that is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Where can uh, I know you guys have a newsletter? Where can people go to learn more about Steel City FC and support the team? Yes,
3: for sure. Okay, so SteelCityFC.com. That's our website. And we're actually just about to debut a new website. So that's exciting. That should be coming next week. Um, And then just on social media, you know, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, You can also get information there as well. Um, You could also just come to a game, which would be wicked cool. So as we said, June 1st is our first home game and we play at the Ellis School. Um, So you can come and just check us out and uh, meet the team, meet the players. You know, you could do that too.
2: You mentioned the Ellis school. I only asked this because I mean I, I now live out of the city. I used to live in Pittsburgh. Ellis school is in Shadyside, correct?
3: yeah, so it's right um kind of like across the street from Bakery Square. um I think there's like well, there is a park right there and the Ellis school field is like right behind that park so yeah, Shady side I- area Square. Bak-
2: I think that's a great location. I mean, like if I was, if I was back in Pittsburgh, I mean that's just a great night, right? You go and hang out and around the shady side neighborhoods and just head on over to the game. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, a, that's yeah. a great spot.
3: it's super nice and it's easy to park. I mean, it's really um, easy. It's nice for families, but also you know anyone who enjoys soccer.
0: <laughs> yeah this has this has been fantastic, Steph. Thanks so much for joining us. We are really excited to keep learning more about Steel City FC. Follow along with everything you guys have going on this season. Um, as we mentioned, you know, we've sort of dubbed May as Steel City FC Month, so we can't wait to talk to some more people, um just learn as much as we possibly can and and share that knowledge with our listeners because, Obviously, I think if the three of us are sitting here nodding our heads and just smiling at everything you're saying, I can only imagine that all the listeners are doing exactly the same thing. So anything we can do to sort of help you guys on your mission and continue to grow, we are all for it. So thank you again for coming on tonight. We, uh, we really, really appreciate it.
3: Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you all, and I hope you keep doing what you're doing.
0: So that was a fun interview. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. I'm um, um, Like I said, I, I am legit excited about learning more about this team and, and getting in for a game and, uh, and doing all we can to support this organization. And hopefully all of you do as well. I, th- I think I saw they have a newsletter. And if you actually go and sign up for the newsletter, you get free tickets to their first home game. So, like, do that. <laughs> like, get yourself some tickets <laughs> and get to the game. Um, You know, we talked to to Steph a little bit off air as well. Um, There's a bunch of people in the front office and players and stuff that they're all excited to come on and talk to us. So if you have questions about the team, let us know, Um, because, you know, we we try to share a lot of the questions with players, both with Steel City FC and the Hounds in advance so that the players are as comfortable as they can be during the interviews. But if there's something that you really want to know, hit us up, let us know. You guys know how to get in touch with us, and uh, we'll obviously pass it on, because, again, this is just sort of a massive knowledge share. So... Really, really excited. Really cool stuff. Um, can't wait to talk more and learn more and, and watch the team this season. It's going to be really, really cool. Guys, um, while we just finished talking about Steel City FC, uh, we do also have to talk about the Hounds with their... Um, <laughs> I, I put in the notes, the Hounds lose 2-2 two, two, to the battery. Uh, I, I just
1: read that. I was like, <laughs> looking at the notes and I'm like, Hounds lose. Like, we didn't lose... Oh, I know what you said that. Okay,
0: yeah. no <laughs> um That's kind of what it felt like. This oh man um i uh, (laughs) (laughs) depending on which half you watch it's like ah you know the team looks really good and then i you know in terms of takeaways i think my biggest thing was before we even get into
2: takeaways i'm just generally curious about this because i've been thinking about this probably for the past two and a half weeks that we've been recording and and like you know watching the hounds draw um (laughs) do you think like I'm just I'm generally no is a completely legitimate answer in the age of you know like if you're if you're an English Premier League fan in the age where you know City is going to put up nearly 200 points across two seasons like in this in this age where like a draw and a loss is a gasp you know for top teams you know in in a given league you know has that painted your mentality of the hounds and the results and the quality that they have, I think it has a little bit for me because of how closely I followed the premier league. I'm like, Ugh, another draw. Like we can't win anything like, and it's, but I, I really think it's, it's very much in the context of, you know, cities going at like 2.9 points a game for the past two years.
0: But I mean, isn't it all relative though? Like, you sort of look at City and the money that they put behind it and the expectations Oh, I mean, absolutely. like, you going to be the best just,
2: team in the world. Absolutely. I, I was just generally curious if it was, like, in the back of your mind
0: affecting you at all, do you think? I think what's affecting me more than anything was sort of what happened last season. The expectations um, coming into this season of, like, okay, you know, it's not going to necessarily be a new system. It's going to be the same coach. We have a lot of the same players. So we're just going to, like... Pick up right where we left off and just keep rolling. Um, now, you know, as we learned earlier this season when Justin came on, that we weren't really rolling at the end of the season either. Um, that was just sort of the perception. But I think that's more, that's painted things more for me. You know, we talk about all the other teams and who's the competition in the East and things like that. And so when you come in, you can't really use the excuse of, oh, it's early in the season. They're trying to get their feet. Everybody's early in the season. Everybody's trying to get their feet under them. And if you, if you expect to be you know, a top four team in the East, then you got to win some of these games. And And I think that the bigger concern isn't necessarily that we're not winning the games, although that is a concern. I think it's the manner in which... The games are playing out, and I think that was that that sort of circles right back to my takeaway of if you watch the first half in this game, you're thinking like, oh, like we got this. We're up two nothing. We score two goals in what feels like the first I think twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we're, we're looking stellar. We're running through balls. We're making plays, and I think it wasn't until the end of the first half that I started to think like, is this really us playing super well? Or is this the battery not playing good at all? Because when you start to see more and more of like the hounds literally just running through balls and the battery are just standing still. There's something there where it it almost felt a little too easy. And and that's not to knock the performance. That's not to say that we didn't perform well in the first half, Um, but it also sort of. Uh, i'm'm I'm, I'm, I don't have the right word for it but it just it, it taints it for me because I I can't judge how good this team is at this point because it the battery came out to play in the second half and we saw what happened so it's just I don't know
2: I don't know it's kind of weird for me it's because I mean you say we were you know we were playing good in the first half and everything you know we, we still end the game on two shots on Target you know, so it's not like we're peppering their keeper left, right, and center. We have two shots on target, and both of them go in. Um, I think the difference in the first half was we were um, unusually clinical. We haven't been clinical off season, And, you know, in, in, in the first two chances of the game that we get, we score on both of them, um, you know, especially with Forbes' goal. I mean, what a finish. And so that's just something we haven't seen in the past. I think – in the past, we've created chances; haven't been clinical in this game. I actually felt like we didn't actually create that many chances of scoring. I thought, yeah, we—I think we had a lot of, you know, half-decent build-up play, um, but we didn't have a lot of clear shots, you know, clear, clear opportunities on net. And the the few we did have, we just put them in the back of the net. And so that was that was unusual for me. I was like, I haven't seen this hounds be- uh, team before, um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought that was the difference. So it—I it, don't know—in my weird opinion sure, we're up 2-0 and we end up losing the game 2-2 and all that kind of stuff. But I think from the get-go, I, I,
0: you subconsciously what? said we lost the game 2-2. So <laughs> mission accomplished. Well, there you go. Yeah, no, I,
2: that was not intentional. It was subconscious. Um, I, I actually don't think we played that great from the get-go either. Um, so I think, I, at least in my opinion, you know, I think we need to be a little bit careful about how much we're praising, I would say, a somewhat misleading performance especially in the early part of the game.
1: And I mean if you're looking at back at the you know past I don't know was it 4 total or five, whatever having a 2-2 two, two draws we've had now um it's it's not like we were holding the lead in all those 2-2 two, two draws and we lost it at the very end most of the time it was kind of back and forth back and forth and we either barely skated by by getting a goal in the dying minutes of the game or you know we we barely lost it so it, it doesn't feel like a situation where this is it's, it's hard for me to look at this game and be like, there it is again. We're, we're, we're doing the same thing. We're, we're having an issue. It's like, it feels like different things every game is happening. I don't feel like this is, I can't pinpoint one situation or one player or, you know, the back line only or the front line. Or like, if last year we said that, you know, we'd score two goals pretty much every game, we would take that and run. Because that wasn't what we were seeing. We, we didn't need to score a lot of goals, and two goals was actually pretty darn good for us. Uh, so I, it's so weird to be like looking at these two two draws and being like, "Man, we need something more <laughs> in the front." We don't. I don't feel like we do. This is all about trying to figure out what's going on with this defense. <laughs> this is going to be really weird, and it's going to sound
2: like. Um want to argue just for the sake of arguing, but I think I actually kind of disagree on both your points because I think... Yeah, that's fine. Go, I think moving forward, you know, yeah, we're scoring more goals, but I think the, the thing that still concerns me, it's Forbes and Kerr. You know, Valesky didn't score. DeSantis didn't score. I know he didn't start. Brett didn't score. I know he didn't start. Um, but, you know, in order for... I, w- I want to have confidence in my strikers. You know what I mean? I, I just don't know how many goals we can rely on Forbes and Kerr a season. Now, sure. If the, at the end of the season, if we're looking back and saying, "Well, no," I think I'd still have a problem with that. I was about to say, if we're looking back and saying Kerr and Forbes are like our leading goal scorers, then I'd just be saying, "Well, what if you know we had a striker that just could add on top of that and all that kind of stuff?" So I think I'll make this quick. I, I think I'm still a little worried about our attack in that sense. And then defensively, if you if you look at the, at least the last four goals we've given up. Two were from second balls on corners, and one was a penalty. And so only really one was like from open play where the other team kind of came in, cut us through, and, and and put the ball in the back. And then I, I would say the other three are kind of, I mean, sure, there's still things we need to address, but it's not like it's from open play and the other team are just better than us. Um, so I think defensively, I think we're a little better than we think. And I think offensively, we're probably a little worse than we think. Yeah.
1: No, that's fair. I, I, I would kind of push back a little bit about who the goals are coming from. Because, like, in most of those 2-2 two, two draws, they weren't from Forbes and Kerr. Yeah. I right. mean, like, the first game, what, uh, I think I was just looking at it, it was, like, Veleski and Velarde or something like that. It was No, Adewale and Velarde. So, I mean, like, yeah. it, it's it's not all coming from them as far as, like, the goals go. But you're right, a lot of the goals are. I mean, Kerr has had three goals this season. But other than that, it's like two from Brett, and then everyone else has one goal. So I, I don't know. It, I well, don't...
2: And the two from Brett were pens. Like I think we can't forget that either.
1: Yeah. yeah. True. True. And like uh, Forbes goal is this, this game is up for
0: Goal of the Week. I mean that was a. It should win too. I uh, my hell of a goal. Yeah. Hey, look, I mean, I guess one thing to consider is. Heading into the season, if I told you, hey, guys, eight games in, Kevin Kerr is going to be our leading goal scorer, would you have believed it?
1: I would have been concerned. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been concerned, too. <laughs> when I know who we have up top, I know we have Brett. I know we have – well, now I know about Valeski and Velarde and uh, Dos Santos. Like, these are players that I want to see scoring. Kerr, I I mean, Kerr is my – you know, he is my favorite player. He is Mr. Hounds. I, I want to see him do s- – great things but i don't think he should be the one leading the charging goals when
2: well, and that's and that's such the weird part of the season too because you, mike you say that if, if kerr was a leading goal scorer you know x amount of games then would you be proud like no but simultaneously in a, another weird way you could say would you be happy if at this point of the season we've only lost one game it's like yeah that'd be great <laughs> it's a total, <laughs> completely different story right i mean because yeah we've been undefeated since the you know i, I don't what's the streak now i mean uh, how many games have we played seven games We've yeah, only so, lost the first game. The yeah, so seven games unbeaten. I mean, that sounds great, but frankly, I'm just kind of sick of hearing about it because it, it's not, you know, like we as fans who know like what those seven games were and and how many points that actually came out of that, I think it, it's like, ugh, come on, don't like, you're kind, of, you're kind of, you know, damning me with fake praise here. And I just, I, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm just kind of shutting my ears off to that stat now.
0: But is, so how much of this is us putting expectations higher on a Lily system than we should. I mean, look, I, this is not me patting myself on the back, but we had sort of outrageous predictions at the end of last season. And I said that the team would be undefeated through June. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying you had outrageous predictions at the beginning of the season too. Right. And so aside from that very first loss, we have two more games left to play in May. If we don't lose those games, we'd be perfect. Now, is it sexy? No. But, like, should – as fans, is this what we should be expecting? Or should we be expecting more? Should we be expecting this team to pick up points wherever they can and everyone keeps saying Lily teams start slow and then they get hot at the end, which kind of really didn't happen last year. We made it into the playoffs. We got a home playoff match, which was super. That's exactly what we wanted. But, like, are we expecting more of this team at this point in time in the season? yes yeah i mean that that i I don't feel like that's
1: that's not unfair to say at all like this is definitely not as good of a start as we were hoping from this team especially the momentum we had and how how much it looked like we had built on top of the foundation that we had set last season and the fact that lily was you know looking like he he could start strong this this season with the the personnel coming back um we we, we talked about you know the the aspects that he lost over the off season and if they mattered that much and i don't i i still don't feel like that's it like i don't think it's that we lost key elements that made this team worse i just feel like it's getting it back to where it was before the off season because you know off seasons are off season and a lot of things can change and players can get fallout of rhythm and that kind of stuff so it's it's not the personnel at this point. It's it's them trying to get the system down, the lily ball, the the way it's played, and it's it is rough. I, I do think like having Valeski and uh, Velarde and Desantis like trying to get the new chemistry set is still rough.
2: I mean, I, I think the chemistry might be a, a legitimate point, but at the same time, what in this game, uh, James. Um, Valesky, and is that it? I'm sure. Tr- oh, and and Velarde are the only players that haven't been kind of you know forced into not forced but gotten the teachings of what a Lily system is um, since last year. Everyone else has been around for a year, um, so I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, 11 points from eight games is not good enough, and it's not it's not what we were talking about at the beginning. Of the season or in the preseason, you know, in the preseason we were saying, all right, who's our rivals for like number one in the East? And and I'm so, like, but this points per game, we're not gonna get anywhere near first in the East at going at. I, I I haven't done the maths, but you know, eleven points to make games, that's not that's not top of the table in the East type form. We, we the, this team needs to do better. I think, like as I, as I said last week, I think we have an opportunity here with the run of games that we have coming up to start making up points. I think I think the beginning of the season has been a little bit rough. Um, but we
0: need to, we need to capitalize it, uh, you, on it sooner than later. But are you at all concerned? Because going yeah, into slightly. this going into this game, you were pretty confident that the battery were like, eh, you know, and we just like, eh. Like how much, at a certain point, you know, we talked about last, at the end of last episode when we did predictions, and we jokingly said, like, I don't think we've ever predicted a loss. How much of this is us just being like, oh, they're the hounds, they're going to win, versus like reality of being like, should we be feeling that way? Like, we want to feel that way, but should we be feeling that way? It's it's difficult and conflicting, and yeah.
2: I mean, it is weird. I mean, like, coming up to this game, Charleston was averaging, what, like 15, 16 shots a game. I mean, they get eight shots in this game. You know, I, I think we defend them pretty well, and I think we sh- I don't know, at least for me, I, I think, let's say, from – the 70th minute and before I think we kind of I think we showed Charleston to be a fairly average team I think I think we controlled them pretty well they didn't they didn't create a lot of chances against us and I thought that was great especially away from home they've been really they've been really solid at home all season and all that kind of stuff I know it's a young season um, but I but I think we made Charleston look ordinary and I think it's not going to be easy to do over the course of the season so it's it's weird we're obviously not doing well enough and and if, if if I don't know if I'm being honest, I feel like this game, a fair reflection of it, might have been it ending like one like, one, cause I, I I don't know how many times Fonkeyz is gonna give up a pen in, in you know in the season, and you know if 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 Forbes tries to make that finish you know hundred times, maybe he does it twenty. Um, so and and yeah, there they, you know Daly's goal at the end um, for Charleston, fine, fair enough. Um, and by the way, I mean, what I wouldn't give to take Daly on our team. I mean, mm-hmm. he, is, he is exactly <laughs> what we need as far as someone who will just make the pitch wide. He wants to, he wants to attack the fullback. He's quick. He has no problem taking on defenders.
0: Um, you know, and it, yeah, he, he looks great. So that brings me to two things. One, I was thinking the exact same thing during the game was like, wow, you know, Charleston here have a, have a game changer. And, like, who, who is our game changer? But the, but the thing is, is that every team wants a game changer like that, and they're just few and far between. So then that sort of comes down to, okay, who are the players that you can actually get on your team that can be those types of game changers? And not everybody's going to get them, but who that doesn't fall on the players. That falls on sort of the coaches to find those game changers. The second bit was I'm starting to wonder if we as a team are too predictable offensively because the times that it felt like we were generating the best chances were when you had uh, towards the end at least you had kerr you had valeski you had velarde who are literally just running at players with the ball and we've talked about this in the past before as well where okay you know you're one-on-one you're you're dunking the ball around you're passing it around and you have people that sort of fall into positions and one person steps on you so you make a pass if you have somebody, and I, I meant to mention this about the last game as well, um, but then we sort of moved on. There was a moment in the last game where Kerr picked up the ball and dribbled through basically between four players. There was a box around him, and he lifted his head up and just said, I'm going straight at goal. That box of four players collapsed on him, creating space for other players that he could then make a pass to. Every time Velarde, Veleski Kerr would make a run at the defense... Somebody would step out of position on defense, which would free up some opportunity, which would give us at least an inkling of a chance. And I'm just wondering if the the tried and true, okay, lob it up to Dos Santos, lob it up to Valeski, hold up play, get everybody up there, let's pass the ball around and see if we can create opportunities. That's great, but it feels like the quality of opportunity that you're going to get by letting somebody try to carry the ball up the field and take people on is going to be better than a lot of these long plays that we try to make over top of the defense that ultimately either end up going out or it feels like a third of the time we might actually connect with the player. So it's just... I think part of this is just me airing frustration, but part of me thinks, Kev, I think the word you keep using is brave, and I think that we have players that just need to be more brave with the ball and do stuff and try things and make the other team break their positioning to free up space for our guys now I,
2: I agree but i think the thing that kind of handicaps us in that is once again is we have little pace i i think it, it's hard to try to you know and, and you're right i think you could still run at players and pull them out um and and kind of cause issues that way but yeah i mean it's when, when you don't have a lot of pace up front and you can't break the lines you know Teams feel confident to maybe play a higher line, close you down a bit more because they know you're not going to get in behind them. Um, even though, you know, like, because, yeah, it what, how, how many, I don't know, I feel, I feel like if you're an opposition manager looking at that game and you're playing the Hounds soon and how our first goal comes, comes about with Forbes putting a great ball in, Kerr runs on it, all that kind of stuff. How, I mean, you know, even the likes of our defenders, like Adewale. Like, he, I bet you out of he's looking at that like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Kerr in a foot race. Like, no problem. Like, like, like they, you're not going to be concerned about that that much. And Kerr is not going to be running in, you know, running, beating a lot of d- defenders for pace this season. So, yeah, no, it, it, it is an issue. But I think, I don't know, I, I think it could still be solved tactically. Once again, I think if, if we are going to play this way, Mike, kind of how you described it, we, we need more bodies forward, period. We, we, we need to commit more people for it I think we can I think we have the defenders to do that um, but yeah when you're when you're playing more direct and you know DeSantos or Vulesky or whoever is looking at one teammate for a knockdown that's just not enough and so yeah I, 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 don't, I don't know you, you could you could switch it up tactically and all that kind of stuff but I don't know if the conversation naturally goes that direction, then maybe we can talk talk about it. But otherwise we can talk about other stuff.
1: I still, I don't, I don't know. I I feel like goals aren't the issue though. Like we're, we, we actually have a better goal percentage right now than we did all of last season. Like we're averaging a a, like 1.5 goals per game. And last season we averaged 1.4. Like I, I don't understand the idea that, you know, that's the issue. I, the, the issue is the fact that we're leaking goals like crazy, and that's th- fair, yeah. and this game like having two defenders, you know, uh, defending against one player and he still gets the goal from that angle. Uh, I mean, Tommy V and Greenspan were on him, and he still got the you know the kick away, and it beat them and it beat Morton. Like I don't, that's that's the issue, <laughs> like, the fact that we can't hold a lead is the issue I think uh, or like just you know not leak goals in general so I I don't know like I, I still feel like there's something going on with just the the way that we're we're defending this year like I'm not saying it's all the back line but like just the the something's going on with that like that that needs to change that needs to get tighter and it, it's weird to say that because I still think we have a great back line but obviously not great enough because it's we're leaking goals
0: are we allowed to question the tactics? Like I Heck yeah, I Before mean podcast, okay, I, I, I I, <laughs> so I think that there were two moves here that that just made me go, huh? Um, one was moving Ryan James into a holding position um, in front of the defense, which I get, okay, he can sort of play all over the place, but by putting him in front of the defense, you basically negate his biggest strength, which is his speed. And so, like, if nothing else, if you want to keep the battery honest, you keep James out wide because they're going to know that if he's going to take off up the field, then cool. So there was that one decision of moving him into the middle and then putting Uzo in his place. And then the other one, which you look at it on the surface, and you go, this is either going to be a genius move and it's going to work out great, or it's going to be terrible. But the decision to use two subs to put in Dos Santos – and um brett at the end of the game where it's like okay i understand that you're gonna try to keep them honest and 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 think and make the battery think that we're gonna keep attacking but neither one of those guys provided any benefit to the team in terms of a consistent outlet in terms of actually an attacking opportunity it it just but uh, but
2: i'll pull you up on that one especially with the last sub um how much of that do you think is a poor tactical decision, and how much of it do you think is Brett and Dos Santos just not executing?
0: But if Brett and Dos Santos haven't really executed in the last four games, then I think it's tactics. Uh, yeah, but I mean, what, what, like, what are you gonna do?
2: Like, then do you just want like Lily to sit on his hands, make no subs, and all that kind of stuff, which is fair enough. But I I think in theory, in principle, if he believes in his players and if he's them on the training pitch and if he thinks Dos Santos and Brett are quality, I think in theory, I think the sub makes sense. I think it just does. For whatever reason, they don't, I don't know. To to me, I I put that a bit more on Brett and Dos Santos maybe not coming on and having the impact that maybe they were supposed to. Uh, Because I kind of like the sub.
1: I could have seen Dos Santos being a good sub because he has the the ability to slow down play as far as causing like you know the the, the tripping the, the the fouls that kind of stuff. Like he could have slowed things down a little bit and try to draw the clock out more. Uh, that's the only thing I could have seen Dos Santos contributing to, not so much defense but more of the clock management. He would have been better at that. Um, and speaking of that, like. How the heck did they stay with eleven guys on the field when they yeah. got like twenty yellow cards <laughs> in the first half? Like, yeah. like, like we couldn't get one more foul out of any of those guys. That was really surprising.
2: A, a, a super small note on that. What I think it was right after we scored a second, Velarde gets kicked and one of their players get a yellow card. I don't like. Did did anyone notice how like no hounds players kind of like surrounded the ref or surrounded velarde like velarde was just there was like a 10 foot radius around him where like no hounds players came to like hey or anything like help him up or anything like that i don't know i saw that and i was slightly worried i was like all right is there like a team cohesive cohesiveness thing that's wrong here um but i don't know usually like one of your teammates get kicked and the other and the other guy gets a yellow card you know go freaking yell at the ref go surround the other player go, help, at least, go at least help your player up while he's on the ground and none of yeah. that was happening it was kind of weird
0: yeah i'll say the one bright spot i mean i don't want to sound down here because there were a couple of bright spots in the game but um sammy kasai which you know got his first start in the game or first start of the season first minutes of the season had no idea what to expect and at least in the first half I thought he looked good. I mean, it's sort of another big body there in the middle. Seemed to to, to, to be distributing the ball well. Distributing? No. Distributing. Yeah, close enough. There you go. You understood what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, distributing the ball well. Um, and so I thought he looked really good in the first half. And then the second half happened, and there were two sort of blatant giveaways where it made me think, like, okay, is he really that good? Or was it just, like, again, the battery weren't playing? Yeah. Um, Am I wrong? Was he the reason for the foul in the box? I thought he was the one
1: that that, yeah, that was had the foul. Fonky, that was Vonkisil. Yep, it looked like Sammy. Yeah,
2: no, I, All right. I, I thought Vonkisil had a poor game. We're, yeah, we're not, well, we're not seeing the same Vonkisil that we saw last season.
1: Yeah, if he's the one that gave up that penalty and is the reason why they got that goal, yeah. uh, the second goal, then yes, definitely a poor game. Yeah.
2: No, I agree. I think I thought Sammy played played well. I think he's a. Uh, I'm just a little confused. Like. I guess rotation is good, you know, if, if you want to run your team as a meritocracy and maybe uh, he had a good week in training and then that's where you start him. But to me, he's still, I don't know, he looks like a Dabo understudy. Like he, he looks like he does the job Dabo does, but just maybe is slightly more of a rookie at it. Um, and, you know, we haven't played a ton of games and all that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe he's, he's thinking about set pieces with, with his height and Dabo's not that tall. Um, I guess that's a possibility. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen much wrong with Dabo this season, so I was a little surprised about that. But it's good. It's good to, it's good to show that, we, I guess, we have some depth.
0: Well, and uh, I, think, I, I think the same thing with Uzo, too, getting his first minutes yeah. on, you know, on the D, which the D hasn't changed really at all in the first eight games of the season so you know there is always that lurking in the back of your mind of if one of the defenders get hurt what do we do we got no idea um and you know not to the harp on morton but there were a couple times in this game we it's just like W-w-w-w-w-w-w. and it just you know <laughs> you just sort of hope the defense stays healthy to to keep us out of trouble back there that's all yeah um, there's some moments
2: where yeah, you know, like I might be reading into things, but I think there was a moment in the first half where like, uh, Charles a set piece and the delivery, you can tell, is going way over. And like Morton I don't know, it could have been like he was just like messing around but it looked like he was legit concerned like and he still put his arms up and like to, you know try to like touch the crossbar I was like dude that's like 30 feet above you going out <laughs> of, like, <laughs> like, you don't have to be that i don't know and so that like like i said i might be reading into it maybe he wasn't like seriously concerned but you know when you're when you're acting like that that just shows man he's not very comfortable back here back there at the moment so you guys think that
1: second golden that he he could have
2: gotten to that he could have done better he could have done a heck of a lot better but to be fair i think so could have our defenders obviously yeah. well um,
1: yeah yeah yeah, we talk about that. yeah I, like i can't you know when it comes to penalties like it's yeah it's crap shoot i there's no he he guessed the right direction and yeah. i thought you know he got pretty close so you know that's all you can really hope for but uh, yeah when it comes to that second goal i was questioning it but i can't really that, i don't know I mean, it was. I think at that point I was broke inside it right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for me, it, it wasn't so much the goals. Like I think the goals, I was just like, yeah, okay. But there were a couple times where he like came flying out of the box to like punch it with one hand when the ball was gonna zip past him anyway, and like punching it was just gonna him making a play on the ball was putting him out more out of position for the next chance that was coming. Than any effect of him trying to punch it would have, and so it's just little things like that where it's just like, oh, just stay in the net, please. Um, so he just doesn't look self confident right now, right?
2: And, and I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Um, guys, any other takeaways from this game? We got we got some other things we can talk about here um, quickly uh, as we sort of close things out. But I don't want to dwell on this too much because this was just sort of ugh, painful yeah um one quick thing is I did go back and looked at uh, the
1: stats for Rochester when Lily was there for you know starting of the season and it it wasn't this bad <laughs> 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 just you know n- not to you know completely invalidate my whole yeah he starts slow it's fine but where did yeah. that start by the way because I feel I like mean, he does start slow but it's not this slow like it, it there's a lot more wins usually under the belt i feel like
2: someone said that somewhere without any credence and then everyone just keeps saying it like it's fact <laughs> like i don't i still don't know i don't know where that started
0: that's how it happens
2: um i and, and lastly I, I will say i think um as far as tactics go i think there could be something interesting we could do here um as i mentioned before i mean i think the only pace we have is in our full backs um but i think you can i don't know for me I saw enough to show that I think both Kerr and Velarde could be really good, quote unquote, like wide midfielders, kind of playing like an old school four-four-two, where the midfield four, not necessarily wingers, they're just wide midfielders, um, and then that would allow your fullbacks and maybe to push up a bit higher. You can play two strikers, we can be a bit more offensive. Although Josh, I mean, you're making a pretty good point in this podcast that maybe that's not the problem, um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think if we're not going to play like a three in the midfield, I think. I think Kerr and Velarde both, I think, show pretty good qualities of being, like, wide midfielders. They have good delivery. They're not super pacey. They can still be tenacious in the midfield and all that kind of stuff, but you don't want them to be right in the center. Um, Yeah, that might be something to look at. I I, I don't know. I think 4-4-2 might be a nice little thing that we can try here, but uh, I get the feeling he's he's not going
0: to play that. So, eight games in. We're not allowed to look at the table yet, so we're not looking at the table, except for Kevin. 11 points. Yeah, we got 11 (laughs) points in eight games. Can't do anything about it this weekend because the Hounds are on a bye this weekend. So next week, they have an Open Cup match on Tuesday. They're going to travel to Memphis on Saturday. So we'll know whether or not the Hounds have to travel for the Open Cup match or whether they'll be at Highmark after this Wednesday. So Dayton is playing Erie. If Dayton wins, we'll be at Highmark next Wednesday. Or tuesday sorry i'm getting my days mixed up if erie wins we're away next tuesday so we might be away until the end of the month when um the independents come to town
1: and keep in mind you can watch this match on yes yes you can i'm super excited to watch this game it's going to be ridiculous because i'm going to be watching a (laughs) a pretty much a what almost amateur team playing a uh third division team Mm -hmm. uh so yeah that's that's how I'm going to spend my day. Yeah. I don't know about you guys.
0: That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, you can catch the uh, the Erie Dayton game on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. I, I, I want to see if, if, like, like I don't know. Are you going to be watching this game like,
2: I could do that? Like, I could pick up this <laughs> team. <laughs> like, Are you talking about me or Mike? Anyone, I can do anyone, any of this. I, I feel like we're, no. Like I, I don't know I, I, like yeah I'm very prepared to be like embarrassing tor- towards myself and be like what was I thinking like these guys are incredible but I don't know that that's that's the first thing that pops in my head if I'm ever watching like super Cab- Amateur. look.
0: I'm I'm 36 years old now. I've I've slowly given up those delusions. Like the kids will be like, "You should go try it for the Hounds." I'm like, "No, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no." Oh, no. sweet, sweet, um, thank, Summer thank child. you, <laughs>
0: thank you guys. That that uh, flatters me, but no, you got, you got glass knees. That's right. And, uh... Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um, Bad hip. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I was thinking, like, okay, so the the Hounds have you know a week. You know, we can sort of focus on some things and get ready. Um, They got two practices this week for two hours apiece. So they got four hours of practice this week. What What? What do they need to work on? I mean, we, we sort of kind of talked about it. I think trying some different formations to get people in the right place might be something. Is it set pieces? Like, if you're a lily, Kevin's about to smack his head into his microphone, bobbing up and down. If you're a lily and you got four hours with the guys what one thing are you making sure that they're leaving the field known about defense <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> remind them what lily ball is yeah. like <laughs> just let them know like hey guys remember I'm not supposed to let in goals that's that's my my identity I, even though I pretend like it's not my identity every <laughs> single opportunity I get uh that that's what I would be doing if I was lily. A... Kev yeah
2: no i mean you know we're i think set pieces we we could be doing a lot better i think all of us ha- have talked about you know what like laura Ellen was saying Greenspan's going to be our leading goal scorer like you know we haven't seen him that much on wait has he has he scored this season from a set piece once, once okay yes yeah, um, yeah and
1: every time we have a set piece it seems to find his head so i mean i i feel like they, they figured out that part at least. he took that free kick
0: this week which I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what right doing? into the wall. <laughs> but yeah.
2: Um, I, well, yeah, and he, and he had at least one springs to mind where he had a semi-free header, you know, off of a oh, corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yep. He just puts it wide. Um, so I think – but so not only attacking set pieces, but I think, you know, what? Uh, last week we gave up two set piece goals on second balls. Um, you know, if that doesn't happen, you know, and I don't know. I, I think if we're a bit tighter on, on set pieces – some of these draws could be turned into wins, um, which could could prove to be the crucial thing. Because, like I said, I don't think we're letting in too many open play goals, um, but uh, it, that that could be a nice little like I don't know, a small little hack that we can work on.
0: I think a little bit more and and, and get a lot more uh, value out of it. That's fair. So, obviously, April wasn't really what we wanted in terms of points. The Hounds started off May with one point. We only have two other league matches in May, which is Memphis and Charlotte. Charlotte's at home. Guys, what are your points predictions for May? Like over under. I'm not five? looking forward to this. <laughs> like if if I say if I set it at five. Wait. Or no 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 I gotta I gotta set it at like say five and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Do you think we get more than five and a half points, or are we getting less than five and a half points? So you mean six? No, I mean five and a half. I mean, <laughs> are we are we a, are we a win and a draw for the last two games, right. or are we two draws, or is there a loss in there somewhere? I don't want to answer. So <laughs>
1: yeah. want to this is gonna be rough. I I feel like this could be where we actually finally get another loss, just because of the fact that going into Memphis, um, I'm just. I, Two games in a week with the form that they're having. Yes, one of the games is going to be against a lower division team, maybe two divisions lower than they are. But that's still gameplay. That's still, you know, having to play a game. And I don't know if... I hate to say it, but one good thing about the Open Cup game is, if last year is any indication, I don't think we see a lot of starters play that game. Uh, So it might be a time for our... You know our bench players to get some minutes because I got a feeling Lily's not gonna take that chance and he's gonna rest most of the players that you know he needs for Memphis. But even at Memphis, like that's one of those games where I, I just don't know. I feel like it's gonna be rough. So uh, I'm I'm preparing for heartbreak when it comes to Memphis. Uh, now the other game, who knows? Like that one, I, I don't I don't have as strong feelings for as far as like thinking it's gonna go terribly or not.
2: So it's it's Memphis and Charlotte, right? Yep. And we are, yep, but there's also an Open Cup game sure, there sure. that
1: is something to keep in mind.
2: Right. Okay. Kevin's so, looking at the table right now, and he's I am looking I at the table. <laughs> if you can't tell, blast me. Um, I mean, look. So if you look at between Memphis and Charlotte, both of them have played a combined 19 games, and and combined they've won two. Like these are. These are not good. <laughs> like, I, I think if we lost, if we lose to either of these teams, it's we have a whole new low level to go to uh, this season. Um, you know, Memphis have lost, played ten, lost six. Charlotte have played nine, lost five. I mean, they're they're at they're at the bottom of the table. They're not playing well. Um, you know, this this could be the momentum we need to start picking up points this season. You know, we we could be looking at the end of May. You know, at the end of May with, you know, another round of the US Open Cup and six points. And I think that's that's I think that's more likely to happen than you know, it not. So, I I'm I'm feeling pretty confident.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize that Memphis was that bad. I thought that Memphis was doing a little bit better than that. I knew they weren't doing great, but I didn't realize they've not won a home game yet. They've actually lost three home games and drawn two. Yeah. Wolf. We got this. I wouldn't say that. So, Kev,
0: we got- <laughs> Kev you're, taking, you're taking the over? You think we get, um, to get, I mean, to get six points, we yeah. have to get two wins here?
2: No, I, I, yeah, know I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I think these are, these are, I mean, yeah, I mean, dare I say this is, these might be our two easiest games so far this season.
0: Josh, are you are you that confident? Other than Hartford. Hartford was pretty easy. Yeah, was it other than the
1: free <laughs> win that Hartford gave us. Yeah. Uh hey, they got a point by the way. Good job, Hartford. <laughs> first home game, to get a point. That's great. Um Yeah, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I didn't realize Memphis was so terrible this year. Well, their first year. Uh I still don't feel comfortable saying two wins though. I still think it's a win and a draw. I don't know which one's a draw, but I,
0: I feel like So you're taking the under. You're saying five points. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm feeling like five points is probably
0: more likely. Or not five points, I'm sorry. Uh four points is more likely. Yeah. Mike, what would you take? And then I have a question for both of you. I'm taking the under. Honestly. Until because I'm at this point, it's not it's not the teams that we're playing. Like it's we've played the best teams out there and we still figure out a way to shoot ourselves in the foot. And so my concern is more about the hounds themselves, and not shooting themselves in the foot. So, until I see some semblance of, you know, we get back to, you want crazy fun times or you want shut down D? We're complaining because we can't play shutdown D. And so I'm kind of like, until I see this team put it together for a full 90 minutes and not fall asleep and let in two goals, so we end up with a 2-2 draw. I'm not confident enough to say that we're going to get two wins, you know, to 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 finish out the month. So I'm taking the under. I'm gonna say five points. I want to see how
2: important these points are to you guys right now at this stage of the season. Would you take a guaranteed six points and a loss in the Open Cup, or would you take a win in the Open Cup and I'll say three points?
0: Uh, I'm, uh. I'm I'm dropping the Open Cup. I mean, as as every single year we do this, we're like we're gonna take it seriously. The harsh reality is that because MLS coming in late, it's almost impossible for anybody to go too far. Would it be great to have an MLS team come play at Highmark? Absolutely. We saw, you know, the the benefits of that in the past. But in terms of getting this team to right the ship, well, crap. Like, if one of the teams was, you know, Nashville or St. Louis, and you said you're guaranteeing three points against them, I'd be like, yeah, I'm taking the six right. points and the loss in the Open Cup, but the fact that both Memphis and the Independents yeah. are doing so poorly, right? These should be layup games, and if you're saying I'm giving you the layup, but you got to forfeit the Open Cup, it, that's tough, man. Ugh. Yeah, I'm taking that.
1: I don't care. Um, <laughs> I I feel like with this, Wait, taking it's, what? Yeah, what are you taking? W- taking the the layups. I, I'm I'm. It's, it's one of the situations where i'm not ready to call this season a wash obviously i mean that would be ridiculous at this early stage Absolutely. and i i feel like if it the season's not a wash we need these wins or at least I, yeah i'll say that we need these wins um to right the ship and to get the momentum going and to get more than one win on the season uh is it one win i think it's two wins i don't know something like that's not good it's not good. That's the point. And nah, so, it,
2: two wins, right? Louisville, Hartford.
1: That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I, I just think you'd need some more green, <laughs> some more wins. So, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the two wins in season play.
0: See, my only argument against that is the long play. So, we as fans of this team right now are like, we need points. We need points right now. We need it for this season. But we've talked about. What about people who aren't paying attention to this team? How do we get more fans? And we've continuously said that higher profile teams at Highmark Stadium are going to get more fans. So are we sacrificing... Well, we've also said
1: championships. What's that? <laughs> we've also said championships I, and getting far in the playoffs.
0: I Yeah, I agree with that. But I guess at this point in the season is a win and a loss, but a win in the Open Cup better for the longevity versus two wins right now. Like is, is, is picking up a loss right now that much more detrimental if, you know, we get two wins now and then we lose at some other point if we just like sort of swap the points. So I think that I, I fully agree. I want the six points now, but I'm just worried that in terms of the overall end game, if we aren't being, um, just a little bit short-sighted as fans, and just wanting the wins. That's all.
3: I
1: think also, though, if if the question was guaranteed a home match against an MLS team is the result of this win in the Open Cup, that's a different conversation. But winning this Open Cup game just means we're going to play a USL team probably, maybe not at home. So that doesn't sound that appealing to me, especially with the form that we're in. I don't have faith that we would win that game. So it'll all be for not. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it was, you know, Hey, definitely getting a home game against an MLS team, sign me up. I'll, I'll take those. I'll take that win and a loss or right. even two losses at the point. I would, I would love to see an MLS team play here for something. Kev, what are you taking? I'll take
2: the open cup win, you know, uh, it's, <laughs> I know it's weird, but I, I don't know. I still have, uh, confidence in this team to pick up points later in the season, as I, I think I want I just, as long as we get you know a home playoff game first round, which I think is very much capable with us only getting three points in the next two games. Um, yeah, let's roll this dice. Let's see let's see what happens. All the bones. The cup, man. That's <laughs> I think we're being
1: uh, Mike. I think, you have to put a poll. Yeah, put a poll up on Twitter. I think after this, episode. I think
0: we, I think we need like a pessimist on this show. I think all three of us are just way too optimistic. Like oh, we'll pick up points later I in the season for sure. Like we're the hounds, woo! And like I think we're getting hey, better. I, I think we're getting better. At being pessimistic. What are you talking about? I, I'm the one that said
1: that. <laughs> just now. I I took the the two wins because I said we need those wins. I know,
0: I know. I but I still think at the end of the day. If I asked you to do a score prediction, all three of us would pick either a draw or a win. And I think that, like, our rose colored glasses are just a little too rosy. And, uh, but that's what we do. So I
1: feel like, I feel like Mike just, like, broke out the scotch and right. it's now great. just <laughs> great. make it a double. You guys are the worst, <laughs> but I love you.
0: <laughs> okay. Guys, anything else for this one? We're definitely over time here. So apologies. Yep. But. I think we got into some really cool stuff um, and some really nitty gritty conversations that probably need to be had. So yeah, that's it for this one. Um, Again, thanks to Steph for coming on everybody. Make sure you go follow steel city FC uh, on Twitter Um, sign up for that newsletter, get your free tickets for the first game. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just for yourself or organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com to hear all the shows that we put out. Um, There you can also click over to the store, get yourself some of the sweet merch like the Mongols hat, the victory beverage mug, which Josh?
1: Yeah, I got the mug. I got the uh, the koozie thing, like the thing that keeps your beer cold i mean
0: victory beverage cold uh, <laughs> and i got the thermos as well i love them they look awesome yeah we got lily ball shirts and more go over there check them out uh really really cool stuff we're excited to have them there you can follow us on twitter at mongols email us at mongols bgn.fm mongols pod on instagram head over to itunes spotify google Podcasts, pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to the show leave us a review otherwise let us know what you thought about this one thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon cheers
1: later